Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TTM Cast. It's Wednesday, August 9th, and it is TTM Cast one on one. It is our special Wednesday show. We do a special interview centric show on Wednesday. We call it TTM Cast one on one. And this week, we had the pleasure of interviewing Larry Hand, who played a defensive end for the Detroit Lions in the 70s. And uh, we're going to talk to Larry about his uh, time in the NFL, the guys he played with and against, signing autographs and such. My name is Jeff Baker. I am the host of the program, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm joined by my friend and co-host on the other end of the line. Way down, we have a 1,500-mile uh, 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 Line and, and cup, right? Line and, and <laughs> yeah, we got the, we got the tin cans and strings that read tin that, cans uh, and string that, that that we go. And his name is Drew Pelto. He is from Austin, 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 Texas. I do that all the time, Drew. Arlington, <laughs> Texas, Dallas, Arlington, Texas. He is the man. He is Drew Pelto. He has is on uh, YouTube at DFW Graffer and at Twitter at DFW Graffer and Instagram at DFW Graffer. He always posts new videos. You don't have, you haven't posted a new video yet this week, right? It's going to be coming in a little bit here. I just have, uh, I have all the stuff transfer over. I need to put it together and that's a real quick thing. So it'll be going up uh, here on Tuesday night. All right. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out Drew's videos on uh, Instagram, on Instagram, on YouTube. I'm, I'm having a tough time for, for a Tuesday, <laughs> Drew. It's not that, it, it's not that late. It's, it's it was still before dinner time and we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, Tuesday night. And I don't know, I'm poking along here, Drew. You got to poke me a lot, poke me, would you get me going? Hey, I, I'm not the one to look at here. It's a hundred degrees here. Once again, I'm, I'm like barely moving myself right now. <laughs> well, it has rained cats and dogs here all day. It finally the sun is finally out now, but it has been pouring and we had like, I don't know, like two feet of rain. It was just a lots of rain today. Send some of that down here. I mean, we, we got some clouds this morning. That's, that's something at least, but yeah, still 104. And that's, that's not fun. I know. I'm, I was, I wish summer is, has left us. I, you know, yeah. we need, we need a couple, a couple of nice days of summer. So I go to the pool and get a tan and I don't know enjoy the nice weather we have not had nice weather here in new england all summer maybe like two or three nice days it seems like it rains all the time here especially on the weekends so uh it is tough but we're not going to complain we're going to soldier on right drew just a couple things i want to remind everyone about um collects is a a great app you can download it on uh, from your uh google play or on your 
App Store. It is allows you to scan. You can uh, scan your cards and, and put them into your collection, and you can also see how much uh, cards are have sold for. And you can now they have a marketplace as well. You can sell and trade your cards. Uh, they are giving a exclusive. This is exclusive to TTM Cast listeners. You get ten bucks. Ten bucks for doing nothing. All you have to do is uh, if you if you, if you're a Collects member or if you don't have Collects, you have to download it into your uh, into your onto your phone or your or iPod or your your PC, and just send us your Collects username and your email address, and we will mail that email that over to Collects, and Collects will put ten dollars into your account, and you can use that on anything in their marketplace. You can buy any card uh, up and, and you can buy multiple cards up to $10 is, is yours. And uh, it's kind of cool. I, I bought three cards already. Drew's got, uh, he got $10 that he, he has, he can spend as well. And all you have to do is just email us your email us your collects username and your uh, email address. And we collects will do the rest. Send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com. It doesn't cost you a dime and you get 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. Also, also, my friends at uh, Card Cradle, I, I saw Jeff at the National and he was so thrilled at uh, you guys and, and uh, was loved being on the show and was had great response. We had given away some Card Cradles to our listeners. They all loved them. Well, you know what? I got some Card Cradles to give away, Drew. Nice. I just, I, I just got a, a nice care package from our friends at Jeff. From uh, Jeff at Friends at Card Cradle, big, big, big box of card cradles. Cool. So all you have to do, we're gonna. I think we'll give away two this week. All right, Drew. We'll, we'll give them right. away. We want to give them away uh, next Saturday. You want to give them away on uh, for next Wednesday. What do you What do you think? Let's go for next Wednesday. That'll be great. all right. So we, I'm going to give away two card cradles this uh, next week. Next Wednesday, two card cradles. All you have to do is just send me your name and your mailing address. Name and mailing address in the subject line. Put card cradle. I have two of them to give away. Uh, and uh, we will pick winners next Wednesday, right? So send me your name and your mailing address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll give away a couple card cradles uh, next Wednesday, all right? And then Drew, you've got a couple things to give away as well. We'll do that on Saturday, right? You want to have? Yeah, to... yeah, I got a couple of things I had left there that uh, I mean, I think I may have mentioned them a bit there, and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and finally start giving those away here soon. All right, cool. And I'm going to be going. Actually, I'm going to the Red Sox game tomorrow. Red Sox Royals and Bob Montgomery, the the catcher. He was oh, yeah. hot for the Red Sox. He was uh, kind of Carlton Fist backup all those all those years in the '70s. He's going to be a signing autograph. So I'm going to try to get uh, a couple of photos signed you know couple uh what are the five by sevens fine but signed by montgomery if i get a, uh, a montgomery photo i'll give the we'll give we'll start giving those away as well on saturday so the most what, what do we call it the most powerful email in the in the hobby right true yes exactly and the address is ptmcast at yahoo.com ptmcast at yahoo.com that's right drew has exclusiveness exclusive rights to our email address he's the only one that can give that out Andy, we got two things this week. Your collects $10 coupon and your card cradle that we're giving away. And then on Saturday, if you listen on Saturday's show, we'll get we'll have some more stuff to give away because uh, we love sharing our uh, stuff that we have with our listeners. So uh, please email us for uh, card cradle and collects coupon. Also, I am in a fantasy. I'm playing fantasy football. Do you, Drew, are you a fantasy football guy this year? I haven't. Last time I played was about eight years ago, and I have no interest in getting back into it at all. All right. Well, I'm, I've been playing with the same like 
12 guys for probably 25, 30 years. And we, we had our draft uh, pick, uh, our draft uh, picks, uh, the, the site picked our draft order this uh, yesterday. And I got the third pick in the draft. Nice. So I'm very happy about that. I'm not sure. I, I'm probably going to go with uh, Jamar Chase. Because hmm. I, I think uh, Jefferson's going to go, be gone. And I think McCafferty's going to be gone. So it's either Aaron, it's Eckler or Chase. Those are kind of the two guys. And I think I think I might go for Chase. What do you yeah. think? I think that's. I mean, you can't really go wrong. You've got one of the top quarterbacks right there with him. So yeah, that's a solid one. So that's kind of where I'm going. Well, I, that's I've had a, a busy couple of days here, Drew. Yeah, you know, we just had a show on Saturday, and also we had a lot of stuff going on the last couple of days. How about you? How's your week going so far? Pretty good. Uh, got a few trades in and uh, actually got to do a little bit of in-person graphing with the Rangers over the uh, over the weekend as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, friends and I went down to the uh, Rangers and Marlins game. He was coming in. He said, hey, yeah, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to try to go to a Rangers game? I'm like, sure, why not? So I got tickets for this a uh, couple weeks out and everything. And I wasn't expecting much. I mean, it's, I, it's a Saturday game, so nobody's taking BP. So you're going to get like the pitchers throwing in the outfield and that's about it. But Got down there when it opened. It was bat day as well. So got a, uh, I think it was a Marcus Semyon uh, bat. So his name is on there. I can get that hopefully signed maybe at the toy drive if he shows up to it this year. Nice. But yeah, so I've got that. And then uh, down at the field there, I was actually able to get a Jesus Luzardo on a card for my 21 uh, Heritage set. Got Pablo Lopez on one as well. And the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara on his Heritage uh, 2021 card there as well. So three set hits right there, including at least one big name. and. Uh, yeah, also pulled in some trades. I'm now past the 60% mark on the uh, 21 uh, Tops Heritage Minor League set. Gotten up to, I think it's 139 out of 100, out of 220 right now. So I'd set a goal at the start of the season that, okay, I want to try to hit the 50% mark, and I blasted past that. So I'm thinking now I might have a chance to hit the 75% mark. That's going to be, what, 165. So I just need, what, that's 26 more if my math is right. So Hoping I can pull a few trades. Uh, I've got one more in-person potential coming up. Actually, yeah, one more in-person potential coming up. So hopefully I can knock that out, maybe make some trades on a few others and hit that 75% mark. I'm so jealous of your, your in-person. You do so good. You get all these cool guys. Uh, very good. Sandy Alcantara. I actually picked up his rookie card at the National for like $2. Oh, nice. So very, very cool. Uh, awesome. Um, it's been, uh, I'm going, actually, I'm going to the Red Sox on uh, Saturday as well. They get, uh, they play in the Tigers. So that, okay. that, that should be a good game. So I've got a lot of Red Sox tickets coming up. I've got the Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees, a lot, I got uh, Orioles, uh, the Rays. I got, I got a lot of good, uh, games uh, before the end of the year, but, um, it's, you know, at, at Fenway, there's just, they don't sign really, you know, it's just. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the problem with the Rangers at home, too, is, I mean, nobody signs there because the only people who are getting autographs are those who have tickets down in those sections closest, and most of us who are big-time graphers, we're not going to pay that much because we've got other stuff we have to spend the money on there to be able to maintain our hobby, and, well, yeah. now it's a case of, well, you're not going to get anything then if you don't, so most of us are just like, okay, we'll take whatever we can get then, and, I mean, the Rangers obviously don't care because they're going to be just pulling the money no matter who's spending it. No, I have really good seats. I'm but I'm in the front row, right? Um, kind of in between where the pesky pole is out in right field and first okay. base. So I'm kind of right in the middle there. Yep. But I'm behind a screen for one. So there's that it's hard there. Yep. And no one no one comes down to sign the you know, because the, the visiting team is on the total opposite side. 
Right. So they, they'll sign a few of those guys will sign before the game, but it's like way on the other side of the stadium and I just yeah. don't get over there. And then the Red Sox, I'm, I haven't seen the Red Sox sign at all uh, in, in all the games I've gone to on our side. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of those guys have deals from, you know, local dealers or whoever to sign exclusively for them. So they're not going to, they're not going to do it for free at a game. Yeah. I mean, some, you know, there's some guys that sign, especially at spring training, they're all pretty good signing at spring training. So yeah, uh, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold out for spring training. And we actually uh, we're in the process where I think we're going to be, we're going to spend the whole month of uh, February and March in um, Fort Myers. Oh, nice. So um, I, I might have to send some cards with you there. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I, you know what? I'll, I'll talk to you about it. Cause I, I lo- we love to have you and John, Jen come down for three or four days. And, and uh, I think it'd be fun. So I'll, I'll talk yeah. to you. I'll talk to you about it offline, so to speak. Cause it, yeah, it, definitely. It, it's going to be a fun time. Well, I think we got all our house uh, house cleaning in order. Uh, batting lead off. Batting lead off. It is hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. I don't know why I like that. Yeah, it's fun to do. I like it. Yeah, I like the batting leadoff. I love the hobby, hobby happenings. I, I'm very good. I like alliteration. So- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I wanted Cleveland to be the Cleveland Cyclones, not the Cleveland Guardians. But that's, it that's a whole perfect. other thing. Yes, exactly. I, but I don't. I don't know why. One of the things that I I came up with the hobby happenings. I, I'm sure somebody else does it, but I, how no do problem. they? I'm, they probably have at some point in there, but I mean, I haven't. I honestly haven't seen it. So yeah, if if, if it has, it's been a while. So yeah. So I'm going to take. It's not being used of, right now, at least. So there's that. True. I'm going to take ownership of it. Okay. Yeah. And I like it. it. So let, let's do it again. Batting lead off. Batting lead off. It is hobby happening. All right, true. I'm going to do it with a sigh, a big sigh, Drew. A big sigh. <laughs> another another lawsuit. Another lawsuit, my friend. Yep. So now we, we all heard that about Panini su- uh, suing Fanatics last week. Well, now Fanatics says, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, nah, nah, nah. I'm going to be, a, I, I'm going to sue you. Um, they're, they're claiming that Panini did not um, negotiate in good faith to relinquish or sell the, their rights early so that Fanatics can start making car, uh, basketball and football cards early. There's all other things that fanatics is claiming that panini did uh you know uh, your 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 mother my mother said this this one said that this one said that that and it's getting Mm -hmm. it's a little ridiculous and and i think um i've seen you know a lot of comments from hobby insiders and and people um that like to comment on all this stuff and and i kind of agree that the only one that's going to get hurt on all this is, is us the collectors uh this there's a, it's a, it's no win it's getting uh, it's going to get ugly and um you know i don't you know fanatics 
um, signed a, big, a, a a deal, right, with with uh, the the NBA and NFL and, and Major League Baseball and spent a lot lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? I don't even know if it was a billion dollars. It was a lot of money. And then they went out and bought tops, and then they bought they they bought all these other um, collecting entities, and they're doing all this other stuff, and they're spending a lot of money, and they're bleeding cash. If you if you don't think they're bleeding cash, they are bleeding cash. And one way to get out of bleeding cash is to get Panini to you know give my Panini to money to uh, release sell cards and make money now instead of waiting have to wait three or four years until they can um turn profit on all the all, all the money that they spent so um it's going to be interesting if one how much money fanatics has that they can spend right uh, now that now they have to spend all this money on lawyers fees and it just i don't know where where does it end you know they they they, they hired all these people and um you know is there is there a gold pot at the end of the the the, the rainbow yeah i guess so but when is that going to happen is that is that is that 2026 is the is they're going to have the gold pot or they're going to be able to have the gold pot in 2023 or 24 you know yep. and uh it's i know you can't comment it true can't comment on it and i'm not going to ask him to but it, I, I am legally prohibited from agreeing with you so there we go right so but it's um I think as a collector, I think we're we're going to um, we're going to bear the brunt of this thing. So that that if if and when Fanatics does get their rights, the cost of those cards is going to be great, and we're going to spend be spending a lot of more money to buy cards that we currently we're currently getting. And if Panini holds on to it, well, there's nothing that says that they have to keep their quality up that they don't they don't they can't go out and spin um create tens of millions of, of cards and water this water down the basketball and football cards which certainly they can there's nothing that there's no nothing that says they don't, they can't do that and um you know what's the shape of our hobby in two to three years we just don't know it's a wait and see but it doesn't look good drew and i know you you can't comment on it but um you know, it's it's sad. It saddens me that that they're they're going to be both companies are going to be fighting in court and they're going to air their dirty dirty laundry. And I think uh, I, I don't think it's good for the collectors. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever the uh, if it, there's that famous comment from Marshawn Lynch, and he always said, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined every time he did post game press conference. I need a line like that just to put in right on here. <laughs> that's about what I'm at right now. It's like. Can't say anything. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here. That's, I know Drew, uh, yeah. <laughs> Drew, Drew has an opinion and maybe when this all um, ends, it ends you know, or, or Drew moves on to bigger and better things, we, he can, he can uh, comment on it, but we just want to make sure that we are covering it. We are going to, you know, I will view my, my uh, feelings on it and Drew will, 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 if there's anything to report, if it's news and factual, Drew can be involved in that end of it. But um it's just uh it's gonna get worse and it's gonna get better i think for for every everyone involved fanatics panini and uh for us as the collectors and hopefully we as collectors don't bear the the brunt of um these lawsuits and the uh millions and millions and millions of dollars that both companies are investing in in this hobby and hopefully when 
um, you know, in, in five years that we still have a hobby that we still love that hasn't been uh, destroyed because it's easily easily done that both the both of these companies could just go out and uh, kill the golden goose, right? They mm -hmm. could kill the golden goose. So we'll we'll say, all right, Joe, then we not no more. We're not going to co co comment any more on that. We have some auction news to report. That's much more fun. Yes, far more fun. It's it's better when you can see these you know big dollar totals rather than when you can. There are people fighting about dollar totals. Yeah, and Drew, not to interrupt, but we're going to have Ryan from Auction Report on uh, next week. So nice. well, I'm going to talk to him uh, uh, next Tuesday, and he will ha have his interview on next Saturday to really talk about um, what's going on in the auction uh, sector. He he really covers the auction sector, so we do have a we, we love we love the auction sector, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little auction. So we have some auction news to let you guys know about. We do. So the Lee. Summer auction just closed and a couple big items in there. A type one photo of Michael Jordan's NBA debut was one of the items up for bid in there. That one sold for $141,954. So if you're looking at photos, any kind of old photos of any kind of famous people, famous events, anything like that, hang on to those. Pick them up. You can get them for cheap because you never know what you might have there. I mean, if a photo like that goes for $141,000, that's a real nice sale price right there. Right. How much would a photo, you know, a, a bay unpaid, unpublished Babe Ruth photo or Jackie Robinson photo or Ty Cobb photo or, yeah. you know, Hank Aaron photo or uh, a photo that was used for a baseball card? All those those photos are worth a lot of money now. Yeah, I mean, especially look at like the, the, the two most famous photos of Ty Cobb. There's one of him sliding into third base that Charles Conlon took. Yeah. And there's another one of him, you know, kind of almost like making a jump turn around the base at one point there. I mean, imagine finding like an original print of one of those photos, what would what, what what something like that could go for. And you never know where they might be hiding out now. Right. And they're around because what happened is they took the photos and, you know, if it was print, it was a newspaper photo. The Michael Jordan was just a newspaper photo that they used and somebody grabbed it and, and said, oh, that might be worth something. Or, that's a great photo. I like that photo. Yeah. The, you know, I'm sure I know when you when I go to shows and Drew, you have the same thing. You go to shows. There's always some guy with a stack of old photos, right? Yeah. Yep. So check so them out. A, don't don't yeah. walk by them. Yeah, sit there, look through them a little bit. You never know what you might find. Uh, another item from that same Leland Summer Auction, a 1952 PSA 6 Mickey Mantle card. That one has gone for $159,312. That's a PSA 6, guys. PSA yeah. 6 went for $160,000. It's pretty good. Hey, also in the same auction, this is the Leland Summer Auction, a Joe Montana game-worn jersey is sold for $107,828. It was worn uh, by Montana Monday night, December 18th, 1989, which was the last regular season uh, game he played of that championship year. Um, so pre it's pretty good that $108,000 for, for a Joe Montana photo. I mean, a Joe Montana game-worn jersey. So, so there's a, still a lot of money out there. Uh, and what I like about the auction sector at, uh, as a whole is that um it, it really you know it bring it brings in those big numbers that drew and i love to we like like to report and you know we're, we're never gonna uh, no, we're never gonna swim in that pond right drew but right it's still it's still kind of cool to see that this that the people want this stuff and that there's a, a big value in a lot of this stuff so very cool drew from our friends at Gemrate, we have some grading numbers to report Yes, we do. For the first week of August, we're looking at July 31st through August 6th. Uh, all the companies down a little bit, possibly a little bit of uh, national uh, national drop right there with uh, the uh, coming in from right after that was going on. But 
PSA, a 9% drop for them, 247,200 cards that they uh, had go through their offices. SGC, a small drop, 3% down to 16,800. Beckett, 21% drop, 11,400 cards graded. And CGC, a 38% drop, 9,000 cards graded by them. So, yeah, like I said, you know, it's just, it's what, the week after the National right there. I'm sure a lot of people were, you know, getting their stuff done at the National. They get done, like, okay, yeah, we can hold off here for a little bit. So, down a little bit. Yeah, Ryan, I'd love to see, Ryan, from uh, Gemrate, we'd love to see the numbers from uh, cards graded at the National. I don't know if you have that, but that would be, it'd be kind of cool to see how many cards actually were were dropped off at the national there were over a hundred thousand people at the national so it'd be interesting to see how many cards actually got graded at the show Drew, we have some new releases uh to report with you know the the, the uh, manufacturers are still pumping out new releases we have a first off the line 2023 panini immaculate college football did you work on that one Yes, I did. Yeah, any of the college football stuff for this year, I've done quite a bit with. Very cool. So the six cards uh, in a pack, and that's going for twelve hundred dollars. That's first off the line. So um, usually the first off the line is what double, right? About double what they they usually go for. Yeah, there's uh, about a yeah double, maybe a fifty percent increase somewhere in that range there. So 2023 Panini Immaculate Foot College Football first off the line uh, box is going for twelve hundred bucks. Uh, National Treasures football for the NFL has come out for the 2022 season. It's another one that's a fairly high-end one where you get one pack of 10 cards, but you're getting eight autograph or memorabilia cards in each of those boxes. Uh, we don't have a price on that one just yet, but that's usually another one that's up in the thousands for that. But there's some really cool stuff in there is all I can really say there. Yeah, we'll give we'll have a price for that on Saturday. Guys, the 2022-23 Panini uh, Donruss Optic NBA Premium Box Set. It's a complete set of 250 cards on premium card stock going for $2,000. So that's a 2022-23 Panini uh, Donruss Optic NBA premium box set for $2,000. Drew, this guy, I went to the freaking, I went to the Blue Jays game, Red Sox game this weekend and on Sunday. And this guy is the only one everyone was talking about at the game. And he is now the hottest guy in the hobby. Dave Schneider. I have never heard of him until this past week. So uh, I'm usually pretty good with prospects. I mean, I don't check the Blue Jays as much as we never see their minor league teams down here at all. But this is a guy who is not on my radar at all. A 28th round draft pick. Makes his debut. Two home runs this weekend against the Red Sox. Nine hits in his first three games. And now suddenly he is the one everyone's talking about. And it looks like his only card that's out there is a signed 2021 Bowman. There's in a couple of autograph inserts in there. so. That is the hot card right now. So if you have one, take advantage of it, sell it while you can. Or if hey, if you're uh if you think this guy's gonna go into something even better, jump on it now while it's still low. Drew, we gotta check our Fisher Cat set. Yeah, that's right. I wonder Might if he's in, in a Fisher Cat set. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I remember if he was there last year or not, but I mean it would seem like that would be that would fit right into the basic timeline there. Time from I don't I don't remember him. He was a 28th round pick. He was they don't even have 28 rounds in, in the draft anymore. So just to, to let you know, uh, but he was at the game. I I went to see the game on Sunday. I think he had three hits. He had a home run and a double and a single. And he's, I think he walked once as well. And oh my goodness, he is like, that's, everyone was talking about this guy. I don't I think his nickname is Babe. <laughs> <laughs> just how it should be at this point for the start like that. I'll just keep an eye out because the, uh, they're playing the Guardians this week and 
saw last night's game and I'll be watching tonight's one as well. So we'll see if he comes. Yeah, up he's there. like he's only about five nine. He's not a big guy. Jeez, but, Mel Ott then basically. Wow. Yeah, he was cranking. Hey, just a um I, I've gotten some T term returns early uh yesterday and um today. So I figured I, I'd let people know. I got Tom Kelly, the manager for the Minnesota mm-hmm. Twins. I, I got him back. I got Reed Brignac. Remember him? He played for the Tampa Bay Rays. I got yep. Dave Elmdorf from the Rams, Horace Jones from the Raiders, and Jim Cadil from the Bears all on 73 tops. And I got Pete Har- Pete Parnish, Pete Harnish, who pitched oh, for yeah. the Reds and um Orioles, right? And he was Reds, a- Orioles, Mets, Astros. Yeah, he yeah, he was, pretty, he was a pretty good pitcher. So I got I got yeah. all those guys back in uh from return so far. So uh, having a good week so far. How are you doing? Have you been get, getting any? I got one in the other day. Got another uh, 88, 89 uh, tops set hit, right? Doug Solomon sent to him oh, up nice. in Canada. So yeah, I got him and uh, Bruce Driver. I don't remember if I mentioned him that I'd gotten him on, I think, Saturday that he, I was expecting to get him and did indeed get so. So two more additions right there. I'm up to 52 out of 198 on that set. Yeah, I've got to get some uh, Canadian stamps. That's that, that that's number one on my my wish list this week. So I got to get some stamps. Well, Drew, we have a, sh- a cool show to let people know about. Yeah, coming up, if you're one of our Virginia collectors that listens in on the show here, or really anywhere around the Eastern Seaboard, there, Virginia, North Carolina, anywhere along there, Virginia Beach Fieldhouse is going to be playing host to a show on Saturday, August nineteenth. So you got about a week and a half until that takes place. Free admission to it. That is always a phrase that I love hearing right there. 200 vendors are going to be there, and they're going to have uh, several autograph signers there as well. Uh, former Negro League ball player Sam Allen will be out there. Former Major League catchers Mickey Tettleton and Mackie Sasser are going to be there. We're also going to have Joe Smith there as well, plus football players uh, Mitch, uh, Brian Mitchell and Ricky Irvins. So pretty nice grouping right there. I don't think I have Mickey Tettleton. Do you have him? I do. He's done a few uh, Rangers alumni events. But the funny thing is, I don't think I've ever gone to one, but my friend Chris has hooked me up with a few from there. So I have him for my... Uh, what do you call it? my Diamond Kings project? A couple other cards. And I had him on the 93 upper deck card that had him and Cecil Fielder together on it, signed by both of them. But just recently traded that one off to get some of my uh, set hits that I picked up. It is Does he sign TTM, do you know? He does not. Not that I know of. I didn't think so either. Hey, you know what? We we cover this uh, in the world of the deaths in, in uh, our Vern Rap Minute. And um, we've lost three people that are really great TTMers uh, in the last day or two. So we thought we'd just let people know. Um, guys that we've gotten TTM and that we really enjoyed as players. We lost Gilles Gilbert. He was a goaltender for the Boston Bruins. And I think it was with the Red Wings and a couple other teams. Right. Um, but he was a great, great TTM out of Canada. Uh, always signed, you know, I think I got three or four cards signed by him over the years. Um, and I always enjoyed him as a player. So we lost Gilles Gilbert yesterday, actually uh, former Boston Bruin. Uh, just uh, last week, actually, we didn't get this one in the previous week there, but Ken Suarez, a catcher for the Rangers, the Kansas City A's, and the Cleveland Indians. I believe he caught the first game in Rangers history. Yeah, because he He's played always... on the Senators too, right? Yes, he did. He was with the Senators indeed. Yep. Right, his but, 70 uh, or 71 card is the, as a Senator, I believe. Yes, because he was on the 72 with the Rangers. And they had the uh, airbrush logo on that one for that. Yep. So, yeah, he would have been definitely with the Senators at one point. But yeah, Ken Suarez, uh, first catcher for the Rangers. He was a mainstay at all the Rangers alumni events and an excellent TTMer. He was 80 years old. And Jim Price, another catcher, he played for five years with the Tigers, was the catcher on the 1968 World Series winning team, and then went on to a lengthy career with the team as a broadcaster, mostly. And uh, he was with the team for God, probably 50 years or so combined as a player, as a coach, front office, broadcaster, anything like that. 
Uh, but he died this week as well. Also another solid TTM. Actually just uh, died earlier today. A friend of mine texted me about it when I was uh, about an hour before going on the show here. Yeah, it's always sad when, when you know, when you lose somebody that's sad, but it's kind of always sad when someone that, you know, even even if you had just like a, a personal um, interaction with them through the mail or you, mm-hmm. you met him at a show for five minutes and uh, or you fought, you know, like Jill Gerbert, I followed his career. I, you know, he was he was a Bruins goalie for for uh, a few years and uh, always enjoyed him. And, uh, you know, I remember Ken Suarez just collecting his cards as well. So yeah. it, it, it's just it's too bad. So our. Um, you know, we're sorry for the loss and just make sure you, you can listen to our show every Saturday. We have the Vern Rap Minute and we, we let you know who passed away in the world of uh, sports and celebrities. So make sure you tune into that. All right, Drew, I think we got all our uh, hobby happenings done. So yeah. that was very, very good. A lot of stuff going on uh, just for a couple of days. Uh, guys, um, this week I interviewed Larry Hand. Larry Hand played defensive end for the Detroit Lions for a number of years. He signed a 1973 Topps card for me through the mail. He's a great TTMer. Uh, we talked to Larry about his time in the NFL, the guys he played with and against, and uh, talked about his habits about signing autographs. So please enjoy my interview with Larry Hand from the Detroit Lions. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. Like to welcome Larry Hand to the program. Larry Hand played 13 seasons in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. He was drafted in the 10th round of the 1964 draft out of Appalachian State. He played 13 seasons with the Lions from 1965 to 1977. We talked to Larry about his time in the NFL and uh, signing autographs. Welcome, Larry. Oh, thanks a lot, Jeff. Larry, so looking forward, forward to speaking with you. Uh, you had kind of a different um, start to your career than a lot of players. You, you didn't go right into college. Uh, you kind of were a late bloomer. Well, that's, the, I guess, the, to put it mildly, yeah, I was, uh, uh, <laughs> well, I'm from New Jersey, uh, Jeff, and uh, actually, uh, I only actually played two minutes of high school football. I went out I was, as a freshman in high school. I went out near the end of my freshman year in that five six, 135 pounds. A lot of uh, you know, the coaches were actually. Uh, I think you know the thing I I did. I held the dummies and, and got beat up. But uh, I guess the main reason I probably uh, lost a little interest. Also, uh, uh, we didn't have all the activity buses, so I had to, most of the time I'd hitchhike uh, a ride home. So finally gave it up, and then I, I went back out my senior year and my senior year in high school, I was about maybe six one and weighed about 210 pounds. So, uh, there was a transition. So, uh, I went into construction and worked in construction, uh, as a bricklayer for T 
two years, and then uh, Appalachian State had uh, a coach there that had, uh, you know, that was coaching Butler High School where I went, and he uh, actually had a recruit from Butler High School, and the recruit taught me into going down to Appalachian State, and at that time, <laughs> you know, Appalachian was uh, uh, Appalachian State Teachers College, so they actually needed bodies, so I was fortunate enough where I got an opportunity uh, to go to, to Appalachian, but uh, the transition was kind of crazy uh, because when you look back then, uh, to get to Appalachian, it was, I think, about a 18 to 20-hour bus ride, <laughs> and it was, uh, along with Greg Menorden, there was uh, three guys from Caldwell, New Jersey, so we rode that down on the bus at Appalachian, and the only thing I remember is uh, uh, walking up to the dormitory. Back then, uh, we had, I guess I had two small suitcases, and uh, so when I was talking to the defensive line up at Appalachian uh, last year, I said, look, you guys got it made because, you know, uh, if you had uh, had to go through what we did, uh, and back then, you didn't have a training table as far as for eating, so... So we uh, we got by. I'll put it that way. Well, you got you got drafted uh, late in the in nineteen sixty four by the Lions. Was uh, the NFL a reality for you at that point? Did you think you still had uh, had a shot at having a career in the NFL? I never had sports uh, as a uh, I guess a focus. Uh, I mean, I played a little like at, at the church CYO basketball and played some baseball and uh I've, i guess the main reason i still stayed involved a little bit uh, jeff but uh as far as being a focus uh, i guess my dad uh you know he uh kept me straight from a standpoint of never got over uh, anxious or anything about anything but uh, in all honesty uh what happened is uh uh, you know, with the the Lions, I got drafted, and the, actually the coach there was a coach for about, uh, this was Coach Duncan at Appalachian. He was more or less a regional coach, I guess, for some of the ACC teams. So I guess they were a little bit aware of me. But that was also when I was drafted. I had another year of eligibility. The, I was also drafted, and I think that was the last year where they had the leagues, the uh, you know, the American Football Conference in the NFL, I guess if it was called that, I don't remember. But that, so I was actually drafted by the New York Jets also. Oh, wow. And in, in the AFL? So you, your career? Yeah, well, I mean, a, yeah, I, a I was drafted. You went to the NFL. Yeah, well, it was, well, I guess the one thing that I looked at, not that it mattered a whole lot, Jeff, but uh, the, the important thing there was I thought, well, Somebody said, well, the NFL has a pension, but when you're, you know, in your early 20s, you don't, a pension doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just a matter of, uh, uh, but, you know, I guess I was real fortunate that I did go to Appalachian and uh, had a ch- opportunity to play because, uh, and actually, I think after my, in my third year, I think I had some, you know, won some awards in the, uh, I think it was called the Carolinas Conference back then, so. So I think Appalachian actually gave me gave me the opportunity where if I had gone to a larger school, naturally uh, uh, I would have never had that opportunity. 
you were able to stay relatively healthy in a, in a very uh, dangerous and, and hard sport in terms of football. And, you, you know, you you played, uh, what, 14 games every year for, for many years. What, why do you think you were, were uh, able to withstand the, the rigors of the NFL so well? I think the, the biggest thing was um, when I was uh, – you know, drafted, and you look at basically in the 60s there, uh, the NFL was going from being a sport to a business. I believe that uh, Bill Ford, who uh, I guess was William Clay Ford, when he bought the Lions, I think he only paid about $6 million for the team. And so I think that from my standpoint, um, uh, the one thing I had is I, my dad, you know, I always worked with him in construction, Jeff, and uh, uh, and then finally, I was a bricklayer, as I believe I may have said earlier. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, living up in the country, it was just, uh, uh, I guess you might as well say a country boy where we burned wood and, you know, did a lot of, my dad built houses. So I was, my exercise was, uh, you know, cutting wood because we burned wood back then. And, you know, for the winter and this was in, uh, you know, northern Jersey, that was, uh, uh, there was always something to do as far as, that was as far as the weight that I had. And back then, if you look at a lot of the teams, uh, Appalachia did not actually have a uh, a workout facility or anything. So, and I don't think, uh, you know, you, many of the teams in the Carolinas Conference had any type of facilities to work out. It was just a matter of uh, what a lot of the teams, what you could do, get by with. You got, and you guys played in, in a rough division with the Bears and, and the uh, and the Packers and, and uh, you know Dick Buckus and all these other other yeah. huge guys. You you played you played in a tough division. Um, what what did you have a rivalry, a personal rivalry with it, going against any of these teams? Well, uh, I guess uh, uh, I guess the rivalry was the uh, probably the biggest rivalry when I started. That was I guess when Vince Lombardi was just finishing up his career. And uh, Bart Starr was probably, I mean, the one thing I always respected about uh, the Green Bay Packers was that, uh, you know, you knew exactly the plays. <laughs> I knew their plays. I could draw them up. But the question yep. was, how do you stop them? I mean, they executed so well. And uh, the one thing usually people ask, and you might ask it, who was the best running back uh, in the era I played? I probably think that Gail Sears was. Sure. Was and, he the hardest guy to get take down because of his speed or because of his size or kind of both? I think uh, he was uh, he was I guess uh, if you want to call it very athletic and had a uh, I think the moves of a lot of uh, you know your better running backs today. But the hardest thing uh, for me playing against the Bears back then is you had a lot of the teams and the Bears was one of them that uh, they didn't spend a whole lot of money on their payroll. So the thing of it is, I usually had more trouble with the Bears from the standpoint of uh, trying to read what they were doing because uh, my opinion was the offensive line wasn't that great. I know yeah. uh, Mike Lucci, who was our middle linebacker, we used to joke that whenever Gail Sayers went to the bench, Mike Lucci would we'd always joke and say, Mike, you got to go over and sit down the next next to Gail Sayers so you know where he's going to be. You know, so yeah, so it's funny. But he was, yeah. I think the 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 team. I think I mentioned a little bit earlier. I respected the the Packers and the, 
but the biggest rival, I guess, after the Packers then became the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And I think they called them the purple people eaters. Their defense was really great. Dude, dude um, like going out against Alan Page and those guys, that was, they were uh, very difficult to go against. Yeah, you had Page, Eller, and uh, I think Jim Marshall. And I'm mm-hmm. just trying to think whether whether it might have been a defensive tackle. It might have been Larson, I believe. Of course, that's uh, stretching a little bit my memory there. Did, did you play against Jim Brown at all in the Bears? In the Browns, I mean? uh, I played against uh, – uh, we played the, uh, Cleveland. They were not, naturally not in our division, but I think my rookie – uh, year in the exhibition season, I think I uh, started the second half uh, when we played the Bears, and I think that he was involved with two plays. And okay. uh, you know, of course, naturally, uh, and he you know went the other way. I think and one was a pass play or something like that. So that was about it. But you know, but we went through an era there where, as I shared with you, um, the the big thing back then was. Uh, you know, just not having the facilities, people will say, well, I remember back when, when the, who was this or that? You know, the guys, let's face it right now, uh, they're bigger, faster, and but they're also the thing that they've got going for them because you look at um, probably the majority of the uh, high school teams probably have more uh, workout facilities than the pros had back when I was playing. Sure. You played in 164 games for the Lions. You actually intercepted five uh, passes with three touchdowns. But in 1967, you actually had two touchdowns. First one against uh, Jim Hart was your first touchdown. Do you remember that? Yeah, I guess you look back, and uh, I guess, you know, the big thing back then, I guess you just felt it was part of what you were doing. I guess the one I remember the most was the one against Cleveland where I think it was 63 yards or something. That was in Cleveland. We played them in the regular season. And uh, basically, we were blitzing. And uh, uh, when I had the second back out of the backfield, and I'm not sure whether the quarterback, whether it was Nelson or whatnot, he was actually throwing uh, a uh, swing pass, and I just stepped in front of it. And all I had to, I guess, do is there was an open field there. And just, you know, <laughs> That that was it. So, but uh, you know, like you said, it's uh, uh, the the big thing that I look back is uh, you know the memories of a lot of the players that I played with that are are no longer with us now. Did you did you spike the ball when you when you scored the touchdown, or did you just put put the ball down like you'd been there before? No, well, I think that was a thing, and I think there was a, a couple of the. Uh, Players, I look at it today, it's a matter of, uh, you know, uh, it was something you felt like you were doing your job. And to me right now, things that I think have really gotten carried away where, uh, you know, it's a matter of who can do the, the best dance right now after you do something good after a, <laughs> a, a big play. So, uh, but uh, and, uh, I think it gets me the most is, uh, you know, a, a player that's going to make a great play and spike the ball, and, you, you know, your team's down by three touchdowns, and you do your job, and, and all of a sudden you're celebrating. And, you know, and to me, all you got to do is look up the scoreboard and say, you know, well, why, you know, why, you better be looking at the scoreboard before you do all the, so you're celebrating. 
We're speaking with Larry Hand. Larry Hand played 13 seasons in the NFL, all with the Detroit Lions from 1965 to 1977. Larry, could you just reminisce a little about some of your favorite teammates? Uh, you know, you know, you mentioned there's some of the guys that aren't with us anymore, and uh, you know, the the Lions are aren't the uh, you, you know you know the uh, America's team like the Dallas Cowboys or or, or even the Green Bay Packers, and, and and played in some obscurity back in the 60s. Can you reminisce with some about some of your favorite teammates? Well, I think the uh, uh, the fellows that I remember most are, I think, uh, one of the things that we did uh, when we had a day off, we would go actually, uh, you know, we got to go fishing for salmon and whatnot. So it was Bob Kolkowski who played at Virginia, and uh, Bob is no longer with us. And uh, uh, probably the closest team that I had, and that probably kept touch with, was uh, Ed Flanagan, who played at Purdue. Sure. And he... He's, I think it's been in the last couple of months, uh, you know, I got a text from his wife because Ed and I were usually probably mm, minimum once a month we're always chatting. And then there's Milt Plum. I talked to Milt occasionally. He lives in Raleigh. And he was a quarterback with the Lions when I first started there. And I guess um, so we, we keep in contact. But there's several others that, uh, you know, there it was, it was some award that um, – that uh, from the Lions that for defensive line that was about five or six years ago, I got to go up there and see a lot of the teammates. And I think Roger Brown was one of the guys that uh, who's passed away in the last couple of years that we were I was close to Roger. And uh, I'm trying to think of other, but and there yeah, was I had, actually uh, had, I had Greg Landry on my show uh, um, about two years yeah. ago. He went to, he went to UMass and I went to UMass. So we, 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 Talk, commiserated about being UMass guys, so it was great to talk to him about, about uh, his time in college and time in the pros. He was he was a, a, a true gentleman. Yeah, I mean that was the one thing that I always liked. Uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, I guess the thing that um, I guess as much as anything, you know, you work out hard in the off season. But actually, my uh, I I was on the injured reserve in 1978, so I didn't get to play. But in 1978, just think about this, Detroit Lions had hired their seventh head coach from when I was there. So yeah. think about that. So you look at, uh, you know, there's been a history there. And then I think the biggest thing with a lot of teams is um, in sports is, you know, just having, uh, uh, I guess, good coaches, good good management. In fact, uh, uh, Bill Balanchek was one of the uh, – I think he got his – uh, teeth cut, so to speak. I think when Rick Fasano, who came in, I believe it was with Navy or something, was one of the short-lived coaches. And I think Bill was got uh, that one. got to uh, I get his start, I believe, with probably with with the, the team with the Lions. Yep. Do you do you have a coach that that really mentored you as a young player? And is there anyone that you really helped out? Uh, you know, as a veteran uh, while you were the team. No, as far as I mean, the the thing as I shared with you, with the as far as the the coaches, I think the the, the Lions with you know with seven different head coaches, um, you know, so there was a change and it got to be after I'm not sure how many years, four or five years, whatever. A lot of the coaches would come in there and uh, and uh, you know we'd start talking in meetings and they always say, well, Larry, you, you probably uh, uh, know more as much or more about it about <laughs> the the defensive line than I do. Yeah, but I think the the thing that I always uh, I respected that there was a lot of coaches really 
dedicated themselves and you know, I was kind of disappointed with, uh, I know the, uh, I felt we lost, I think, in the playoffs to the Cowboys. I'm trying to think what year that would have been in, uh, I'm trying to think in the early to mid-70s there. Yep. And uh, Joe Smith was the head coach, and he went to uh, the owner, Bill Ford, and he says, give me these two players, and I think we can, uh, you know, go back and do even better and probably have a good chance of winning it. And back then, uh, you know, you would think that um, Bill Ford would have been willing to spend a little bit more money uh, and bring in a couple players and the general manager uh, would not approve it. So think about that. So you look at the teams that in sports right now, it's a matter of uh, do you build a team or do you buy a team? Right, sure, and a lot of those teams, the teams now, they're out going out and buying players. Do you, um, did you collect anything on memorabilia while you were playing? Did you keep you any uniforms, helmets, uh, that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, that's interesting. You, you asked that. Uh, my my wife's over there reading the paper right now, and I I had a, a helmet uh, that I, that was cracked uh, when we played the Packers. Uh, Jim Mitchell, who was playing the left defensive end, uh, I think I had tackled uh, somebody, and Jim came diving over a pile, and he actually cracked the side of my helmet there. Wow. <laughs> and, and But it was interesting, you say memorabilia. Well, about the, after we moved down here, our daughter was in uh, uh, at Summit School, which is a private school here in, in uh, Winston-Salem. And uh, so I came home, and I looked at it, and, and uh, our daughter Shakira said, Oh, Dad! Look, look what Mom's done for me. Well, she'd actually taken the face mask off and everything, and made a globe out of my helmet. <laughs> I said, "Darling, that was one of my prized possessions." So, but as far as that, no. But the thing I may have shared with you, I get more. Um, I, there's probably not a week goes by where I, I'm not getting three or four in a packet uh, football cards to sign. I think I when yep. we spoke earlier. Uh, and it surprised me, and I think what happens today is a lot of players, if they send stuff out to fans, a lot of them aren't just going to sign it. Were no, you a, a so, card collector as a kid? No, no. Not at all? No. What, I, what was your, no. What no, was your feeling? Guess, Go ahead. Excuse me. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, I, I guess I was never in awe of any of the, uh, you know, all this or that of sports. In fact, uh, my closest, uh, when I was based in New Jersey, I guess I had played a little baseball, uh, you know, with the church league. And actually my hero back then was Mickey Mantle and, sure. uh, you know, for baseball. And I remember when we played the Cowboys down there in the playoffs, I'm, <laughs> we're walking out of the, the hotel we're at and guy opens the door for me. <laughs> and I walked by him and I said, Hey, that was Mickey Mantle, you know. So, you know, I guess he was probably, I don't know why, I guess, you know, uh, from New Jersey, I guess either you were a, uh, a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan, or, of course, actually also had, uh, I guess, the, uh, what was the, the Polo Grounds. Or, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, as far as memorabilia, I guess my, my wife, I guess, have a couple jerseys that uh, we've saved and, uh, you know, just some, a lot of memories that, uh, you know, we just have a little sports room that my wife's fixed up really nice. And 
uh, one of our friends from Indianapolis actually had a large painting that uh, he had done for me uh, uh, on a, as, a, as a gift. And so, we, you know, I guess up, upstairs is where all, all my collection is of all the, the stuff that uh, Darlene's placed around our house, you know, so. Did you get an autograph team balls um, from when you were playing from your, your teammates? Yeah, I guess there are probably about, I don't know, could be eight or ten of them up there, you know, for this game oh, or that neat. game. And yeah, so, you know, but but I think the, the big thing is, you know, a lot of those games is, uh, you know, you got to look at, uh, you know, they just bring back some memories about, you know, this. A lot of times it's memories of a lot of the people that you played next to or played with that were great friends. Do you have a favorite uh, football card? to sign uh, you know from your playing days because that either you remember when the the picture was taken or one that you really you really enjoyed signing no no because i guess uh i uh, the thing that surprises me right now is that you know when people send you half a dozen cards to sign uh and they're they're you know over the different years and you know, they always say well this is you know, my son and I, we've got this collection. We're not going to try to sell this or anything and just say, yeah, okay. But, uh, uh, you know, no. So as far as that, no, there's not anything uh, special that uh, I have in a way of uh, a collection like that. Have you attended any autograph shows or, or uh, special events where, where, where you met, got to meet fans? No, no, I guess uh, Roman Gabriel, when when – uh, we first retired down here. I'm going back, geez, 30 years. He used to have these charity golf functions around North Carolina, and there's probably he'd always get about, geez, 15, 20, or how many players from this region right now to go out there, and we'd sign all the graph for the kids. And uh, in fact, it was interesting. I went to Appalachian a little over a month ago. Uh, they had a charity going on up there. That uh, of course, Mac Brown from uh, the uh, you know North Carolina was there, and Dave Dorn from NC State, and there were several other coaches sure. there. And that uh, and the heck of it is, it was to raise money for grandparents who were supporting their grandchildren. So you know, you think back about where things are today, and uh, you know, I look at that uh, going back. Um, the big thing was that for me, I guess my dad was always my hero and he was a laborer, you know, construction. And, you know, I look at three brothers and three sisters and, you know, all of us have, you know, done well. But the the big thing was, uh, uh, and believe it or not, uh, you didn't ask it, but what I, the thing that helped us the most is I, I started working uh, in the off season. Uh, so, you know, you, you didn't have a whole lot of time to work out, but I had a company uh, that I worked for that was actually paying me during the season. So when they went and filmed the paper line, I, you know, I couldn't leave that. I said, uh, I, I know it was going to be a month or more. And I said something to them. They asked me, well, can, we'd like you to come down. I said, well, you know, I, I got these folks paying me money to work and I tried to keep up with clients. So, so I guess my dad, a labor gave, uh, all the boys a sense of, you know, you better take personal responsibility and I see so many, uh, and of course you probably know more about it with statistics right now, how many players in the NFL uh, or pick any sport right now that uh, 
you know, uh, just don't have issues. I, you know, I've been told, Jeff, and you probably know this, I think there was only about 2% of the kids that go to college, play sports, are probably going to make it to the pros. Yeah. And sure. I don't, I don't even, so I'm not even sure if the average career in the NFL is at four years yet. I think it was below that, whatever it is. So it's a matter of, uh, you know, you better save your money. Guys, so speaking with Larry Hinn, Larry Hinn played 13 seasons with the Detroit Lions from 1965 to 1977. Larry, just one more question. I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time today. Um, is there is there one hit that you remember uh, laying? You played defensive end, defensive tackle on somebody that 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 he, you know even you just sitting there watching TV and you or, or, or watching a game and, and it kind of pops in your head that, that that you remember remember laying a, laying a good hit on somebody. Well, not really, because I guess there's so many. And of course, and sometimes, uh, you know, if you're in a pile, you're getting hit too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, true. So it, you talk about one where I was delivering, or one where I was receiving it. And I remember yep. uh, one where I, it was one of the quarterbacks that that I, you know, was I forget what type of play it was. Of course, and actually, it was a pass rusher, whether it was a blitz or whatnot. And I hit him quite well, and I, I would not throw his name out there, but I tell you, he was. He went off the the field with tears in his eyes, and of course. Uh, and oh come on! Later, you can let the name, you can let the name no. out. No, no, no! I won't do that. No, <laughs> right. Well, I know. You know, I asked that because I asked that because I remember uh, somebody asked Tom Brady that about a year ago of who laid, uh, who who gave him the hardest hit, and I forget who it was, but he says, "I just remember that I'll be sitting there watching TV, and, and that will pop into my head." And I, I thought it was that was just an interesting question, you know. Hmm. So, well, yeah, all right, Larry. Thank you very well, much. I, I, really I appreciate your time this morning, and uh, you know, uh, looking forward to you know, uh, you know. Of course, I, I don't think you'll, uh, I'll I'll get you on the radio down here. So, uh, but no, no, I'm we'll heading up to. Pardon it'll me. It'll be on the it'll be on a podcast on the internet. So I will send you the link, and you can listen to it with your, your family and friends, and share it with your friends. So I will I'll send you the link, and uh, again, it's going to be on it's going to be on uh, the internet. Okay, thanks so much, Jeff. Okay. All right, thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, and you have a great day. Super. Bye now. Bye. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. With over a million collectors using the app, you can find just about anything. Buy and add to your PC, earn money selling cards, and trade up to get your Grail card. Easily check out with a credit card, generate shipping labels and tracking, and redeem credits to put towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Drew, I love talking to these guys. I think Larry was in, in the NFL for... I don't know, 14 years, 12 or 14 years or something. And he played his entire career with the Detroit Lions. So, you know, he loved football because he didn't win many games as a Detroit Lion, right? Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was right in the, uh, they have not had any good years in quite a while there. So, yeah, that's, he's seen, he's seen almost as much bad football as some of the Browns players. Have. Yeah. And uh, it's great to, you know, you, you, you get these, the, these guys that don't, or aren't afraid to, uh, pull punches you know they're in the 70s and 80s and they love to talk about the guys they played with and against and they really love the game and and i hopefully enjoyed my interview with larry larry's a great ttmer so if you have any cards for larry hand he does sign them through the mail and it's a great turnaround a quick turnaround so make sure you check that out all right your saturday 
this Saturday, TTM Cast, our regular um, podcast, we have Clemente Lise. Yes. He will be on. Clemente is going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a little national. We're going to talk a little World Cup, Women's World Cup. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did they choke. <laughs> You know, I, I kind of figured this is not going to be their year because, I mean, just looking at how the bracket was going to shake out, I had Sweden pegged as the number one team going into this thing. They were, they were either going to meet first thing in the round of 16 or they're going to meet, I believe, in basically like the, basically what amounts to the Elite Eight, I think. So either way, they were on a collision course to meet with each other and, ooh, it came right away this time. Yeah, you know what? I watched the whole game and that, and the, the game was on like four in the morning. So that was, yep. that was one bad thing. And um, when a game goes to penalty penalty kicks, right? Anything can happen. Yes. And I don't for the life of me understand how these girls, guys, anyone misses a penny penalty kick because the, the the goalie sits there and basically mm-hmm. jumps left or right. Yeah. So half the time they jump and the ball is in totally other side. Mm-hmm. And a couple ones that the US missed, the goalie jumped the wrong direction and this they still missed it. Yeah, I mean, you've got a very large goal to work with there as well. I mean, especially like compared to hockey, for example, you've got a large goal to work with. Put the ball on net. I mean, yeah, pick a corner, obviously. Right. I mean, you've got I mean, about these, a one in four chance of. Drew, these are professionals, not like yeah. it, this isn't you or I out there trying to kick the ball, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, I've taken penalty kicks before when I played in high, in, uh, you know, in elementary and middle school. If I can hit the net, anybody should be able to hit the net. I get it. You're trying to you know, pick the corner and put it right in there, but. You've got basically almost like a three. I mean, when you when you're basically when a goalie has to basically pick a corner and jump to it, you've got three and four chance of picking a decent corner. So I mean, just yeah. put it on net and geez, it's just, it, yeah, it's like a free throw, right? Free yeah. you free throws that you should shoot like eighty five to ninety percent. Well, penalty kicks you should really you should hit ninety percent of those. And I don't know what the number is, but they these girls, the, the, you know, when when you're going to the seventh or eighth player to to win the game or lose yeah. the game something's wrong because the the too many people were missing especially i mean it seemed like especially like when i first started watching soccer it felt like if somebody missed a penalty kick it was like oh that's gonna be what decides it right there is that one it was for a long time now it's like you're getting okay if you get one shut down that's one thing you know the goalie's going to guess correctly 25 percent of the time on average but if you miss if a if the other team misses two shots you should be winning that just yep. you know, put it on net, keep going for it. You know, keep, and it's not like yeah, the NHL drew when uh, the NHL, you can see that the goalie has a good, I mean, a little disadvantage, but still the goalie mm-hmm. can stop those shots, those, those penalty shots, those, what do they call them? The, the, the yeah, penalty shots. shots. Yeah. I mean, and in hockey too, the goalie is allowed to move forward if he wants to. If you're a soccer goalie, you have to stay on that goal line until the ball is kicked, as far as I know. So that is a huge disadvantage then for the goaltender. And it's like, you should be scoring on five out of six shots or three out of four, at least I would think that way. And yeah, I mean, this whole world cup and the last few world cups, both men and women, it seems like penalty shots have just been absolutely terrible among a lot of them. I agree. We're going to talk to Clemente Lacey about that. We're also going to talk to him about the national. We're going to talk to him about some of the new releases in uh, baseball cards. And that will, uh, that'll be on Saturday. Also, I have uh, Wally wonder Jones who played in the uh, NBA for a number of years uh, he played with the uh, he was on the world champion 1976 Philadelphia 76ers with Will Chamberlain he was on the he played with the rookie uh, Lou Cinder and the Milwaukee Bucks he played with a uh, high school um, 
graduate of Moses Malone in the ABA with the Utah Stars. He played with Bob Lanier and the Detroit Pistons. So he played with a bunch of guys. We're going to talk to him about his uh, time in the NBA. And uh, he was a, a, a really good guest. So that will be on Saturday. On next Wednesday, I spoke with Daryl Carrier. And Drew, Daryl Carrier played for the um, Kentucky Colonels and the Memphis Tans in the ABA. And he is the all-time leading three-point shooter in uh, ABA history. He averaged uh, almost 40% for three-point shots during his career. He he was a shooter. And we talked to Daryl about shooting and time, his time in the ABA. Him and Louis Dampier played three seasons, um, the, their first three seasons with the Kentucky Colonels. And they both averaged over 20 points. And they were... Um, Daryl is on the all ABA team and he played on three ABA all-stars and um, he, he was a really fun interview. And when I talk about confidence, Drew, this guy's 84 years old and he thinks he can go out there and kick your ass shooting <laughs> basketballs right now. He it. is confident with a capital C. <laughs> I mean, with me, he probably could, but geez, that's, that's always good. Good guy. He, and he is a great TTM. So that will be on next Wednesday's show. Um, Drew, anything else before I let you go? No, I think we got everything pretty well, uh, pretty well covered in this one. That was an action-packed show, I think, Drew. We had a lot. Yeah, especially I mean for a Wednesday, we had a lot going on there, and yeah, got, got through it all pretty well. All right, bud. You have a good rest of the week. You going to any games this week? Yeah, I'm going to be going down to Cleburne on probably Saturday night. I'm thinking is what I'll be doing that. But we've got uh, the Lake Country Dock Hounds are coming into town, and it sucks they have. There's a, a hat you don't have. Yeah, exactly. Don't have that one yet, but it sucks because they had a bunch of major leaguers on their roster and uh, literally two of them were released last week. The guys that I had like, you know, six, seven cards for in uh, one of them was uh, let's see here. It was Randall Delgado, who is a former pitcher for the Braves and Diamondbacks. And they had Kevin Maytan, who is a prospect in the Braves and Angels organizations. Both guys with a bunch of cards, both of whom I picked up cards for. They got here this weekend and both were released over the weekend. But uh. They've got a few other guys, though. So, I mean, just a quick recap here of who's in there. They have a former Cleveland Indians farmhand, Juan Hillman, is on their roster. So, we'll be seeing him. Uh, former A's pitcher, Reggie Harris, is their bench coach. Yeah. He played uh, for the for, Red. He was a Red Sox farmhand at one point. He was. Yeah, a, he was. He was a Red Sox prospect that never yeah. kind of made it. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's their bench coach now. You've got uh, Thomas Jones, who's an outfielder in the Marlins organization. He's playing for them. Uh, Ken Huckabee, former manager of the Blue Jays and former Blue Jays uh, catcher, is their uh manager now so hopefully we'll get him got a franklin kilo may who is a pitching prospect for the mets and the nationals organizations i think he pitched in the majors with the mets briefly uh blake tiberi who's a former mets prospect curtis terry who spent time in the majors with the rangers and uh, was part of the twins organization last year he's playing down there now and i'm not sure if he's going to travel with them or not but paul wagner former pitcher for the pirates back in the 90s is their pitching coach but he didn't travel last year so i'm not holding out too much hope on him but Despite the loss of those two guys, I've still got a few that I should hopefully be able to get. All right, my friend, you have fun on that. That one, we will talk to everyone on Saturday. We have our regular show on Saturday. So, guys, wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Saturday. Have a great weekend. Of course, be good. Yes. 